Hello and welcome to episode 5 of a podcast from We Can Cumbria, which is a wellbeing hub brought to you by ICANN Health and Fitness, kindly supported by Cumbria Community Foundation. My name's Jenna Sutherland, I'm wellbeing coordinator at We Can in Carlisle, as well as your host today. Today, I'm joined by Deborah Earle, local councillor for Harrowby South in Carlisle and cabinet member for public health and communities at Cumbria County Council. Hello, Deborah. Hello, Jenna. How are you doing? Do you want to start by telling us a little bit about your work, about your job? Yeah, I'd be delighted to. Um, So, as you said, I'm the councillor for Harrowby South in Carlisle, which covers um, the Garlands Estate, London Road, Cumwinton Road area, and also the Petrol Bank area. So that keeps me very busy. Um, Yeah, just uh, basically representing people, um, anybody that wants to get in touch with me about any issues, potholes is usually a very (laughs) um, popular one, but it could be anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also very active in the Petrol Bank area, school governor, also chair of the management committee for the community hall. So yeah, that keeps me busy. And when I'm not busy doing that, I've also got the portfolio for public health and communities. And as you can imagine, during the last year, that has been very, very busy yeah, too. extra challenging. So on a normal year, what does that entail then, that, that job? Well, um, the public health remit obviously is really, really big because you will be aware that public health is all about preventing um, illness and disease. So we do a lot of prevention work, um, childhood obesity, mm-hmm. um, and stopping smoking, kind of all that kind of stuff to get in there early mm-hmm. to make sure that the end result is not people yeah, ending up in hospital. Key, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of um, that kind of stuff on a normal um, year. That's taken a little bit of a back seat because obviously all our efforts have been focused on uh, the coronavirus course, um, yeah. pandemic. Mm-hmm. And that's just been absolutely crazy. Just making sure, because we have to get all the stats, making sure that we're keeping our eye on the cases. We've been responsible for local um, testing and tracing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's um, it's been a bit mad. Yeah, has that taken its toll on you personally? Then, do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah, it has because um, I'm just working a lot more than I would have done usually. But honestly, it's been um, an absolute pleasure to be able to represent people in my community much more than I've ever done. Mm. Um, Because as you know, last year we did a project where we delivered school meals to the doorstep uh, for Petrol Bank School and that enabled me to really be there Mm. for people and to also let them know that I'm there if there's anything else I can do for anybody, you know, just get in touch. And that, that sort of thing works as well, doesn't it? To be seen and have your face out in the community in such a way. The community can then trust you. So then everything else that you're telling them, they trust you. So they're they're able to communicate on a better level. So, yeah, I think that was really appreciated. And I've seen a lot of people singing your praises, particularly about that project alone. So well done for that. Well, thank you. Um, honestly, it, it, truthfully, it was um, Steve Carney, who mm. has got the Old Hall Cafe up at Petrol Bank. Um, he's the school caterer and it was, his, it was his idea, along with the head of the school, to do it. I just sort of stuck my hand up and said, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll help. Um, but he's the real true community hero because, honestly, he could have just shut the shutters and mm. gone home, um, furloughed his staff, but he didn't. He worked every single day during that pandemic for the first lockdown. So, for me, it was just um, a pleasure to be actually able to help but yeah we delivered in the end over seven and a half thousand hot meals to the doorstep for the kids the only school in Carlisle that did Mm -hmm. that um but honestly looking back I thought it was such hard work but the sun was shining I was in my flip-flops it didn't 
it, now when it's so bad and it just seems that this lockdown's more brutal mm. it's harder for people it's not such a novelty I do look back and wish I could get those days yeah. back during that first lockdown certainly the weather anyway I absolutely do and I tried to channel some of them vibes yesterday yeah uh, <clears throat> last summer in the lockdown spent a lot of time out on my bike with the kids that was kind of one of our newfangled activities last year. Like you say, it was a bit of a novelty. And I think even as a parent, um, it was a novelty having the kids at home. And, you know, we were all saying, oh, isn't it lovely having this quality time with our kids? That's gone now, <laughs> just to be completely blunt. That's gone. I love my children, but the novelty of them being at home all day, every day, and I'm sure a lot of parents will relate, that novelty's gone. Um, I'm working from home now as well, which is different to the, the first lockdown I was furloughed. Um, but we did try and go out for a, a bike ride yesterday to try and channel some of them lovely vibes I had last year, and it was freezing. Just, it it's just work. totally different, it, it isn't is, it? Yeah, I, I, mean, can't, I can't channel the vibes at all. It's much, much harder to channel those vibes. But I think it's a really good point that you make because I think most parents are feeling like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got two grandchildren. You know, my daughter's really struggled as well with the school um, learning, the home stuff. It's just a lot harder, it feels, because we've gone on for so long. Mm-hmm. And I think in the beginning, nobody was, you know, it was like, oh, this has never happened before. And it was another. But now it's just really, really hard work. But it's actually, it's the older people that I'm worried about Mm -hmm. in the communities because this is their third lockdown. There's no hope really yet of anything being lifted. I mean, what do they do all day on their own with nobody, you know, really to Mm -hmm. talk to? Especially ones that don't have much family. That bothers me, this lockdown. The isolation will really be isolating for those people, won't it? You know, I, I feel... Like I'm on my own some days, but I've got the kids, whether they're in the room with me or upstairs, at least you know there's another human in the building with you. But to live alone, it must feel almost terrifying, really. Oh, absolutely. And there's a lot more people than you think Mm. and the long days for them. And especially where the weather's been. I mean, we've got more really bad weather coming. I I don't Mm. even want to say it, but there's more snow and ice on the way. And that's what bothers me because they're literally cut off, Mm. you know, because nobody could even... If anybody was going to drop anything off for them, it, they're going to really struggle with this weather that's um, coming in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah. But yeah, it's a lot a lot harder. There are support lines and things in place though, isn't there? Can you tell us a little bit more about them? Yeah, certainly. So Cumbria County Council has a dedicated helpline, Mm -hmm. um, 0800 783 1966. And if anybody is struggling financially um, or they need help with heating, lighting, there's also the Citizens Advice Bureau have got uh, money as well. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's just to support families because there's so many that have either been furloughed, made redundant, reduction in hours like you say working from home I don't know how people cope Mm. with working from home with young kids you know so that helpline's there you can also go onto the county council website and if you because it's Cumbria wide so if you just put your area into the search it will come up whether you live in Carlisle, Allerdale, Barrow, Copeland, Eden, South Lakes just put in your postcode and a list of help will come up on there. Also as well, next week, we're uh, sending a booklet out to every household in Cumbria. This is the third booklet that we've done. 
And it's just basically a list of organisations um, that can help. Yeah. This time we've focused on mental health mm-hmm. because I really do think that that's what yeah. uh, the issue is. Certainly what I'm picking up on the ground, I can see it. Mm-hmm. I can see how much harder it is for people to cope. So that booklet's going to be really important. Yeah. So everybody look out for that. It will be coming. Um, but the support is there, but it's mm-hmm. just known where to find it. it. And we, we've had that problem at WeCan um, and ICANN. We share a lot on social media, but we're well aware there's a hell of a lot of people that aren't using social media, so won't see that. So to have something going into people's letterboxes is absolutely vital at the minute. Because, yeah, you're right, there is support. We probably know about it, me and you, because we're, we're you know, moving around in these circles and we, we meet people in meetings and we hear about it all. But not everybody knows it's there. Um, so I know even for me with some of my peer support groups that I've been running and they've been going since October now. Um, you know, and I'm I'm hosting them. I'm there mm. to facilitate everybody else coming and having a chat and for their mental health, but it's helping me while I'm there. Because like I say, I'm I'm at home on my own with the kids. Um, and to just have that, just to touch base, whether it's once a week or once a day, there's all sorts going on. But just to see other faces and have a little chat and it's nothing groundbreaking. We just have a cup of tea and chat about our week and have a bit of a whinge and a moan to each other. But that support network's there and even just little things like that are really helpful. So if you can find that support, it's... it's Well, I think that is so important that people do try and reach out. Mm. And it's exactly the reason that we've done the booklet again is because not everybody is on social media or online. I think a lot more people have had to get online since the last lockdown I do we have seen a big rise in things like um libraries you know people going on digital who never we never thought would but you know you've just got to kind of do those things but there's still so many people so that's why we're making sure that booklet goes through the door so look out for it everybody it is in larger print as well for those of us that you know need a little bit of help with glasses <laughs> uh, all these kinds of things are really important it's no point sending a booklet out it's tiny tiny print and people can't read it oh. um, but for those that are on obviously um, online there is the website uh, I would encourage anyone to like the County Council Facebook page and Twitter account because lots of information comes on there not just even about um, the support lines and helplines but about winter uh, maintenance and also the gritters and just things like roads being closed Mm -hmm. and where the roadworks are so it's just all really important information the other thing isn't it because obviously covid's in the forefront of our mind but actually like you say there's going to be other issues yet to come like if there is more snow yeah, the information about the roads. Um, yeah, and, you know, also you can go on there and report uh, potholes. I did mm-hmm. mention earlier how popular that is, especially at this time of the year. But there's lots and lots of information on there that things like um, where to get your hearing aids from, how to get bus passes, you know, information that probably me and you don't need at the minute, mm-hmm. but other people do. Yeah. But um, there is a, there's lots of other organisations as well that's... Um, that, doing a lot of support at the minute because that's what everybody needs to do. I mean, the City Council as well, you know, they've got money for self-isolation grants. So if anybody has to self-isolate and they're not being paid by their employer, they can get in touch with Mm. the City Council. They've got lots of information on there as well. I actually seen that a couple of weeks ago and shared that. So I seen it on social media on Facebook and I shared that with a member of my family that doesn't actually have Facebook and he was able to access that grant. So again, if you are on Facebook but you've got other members of your friends or family circle, 
share that information if you can as well because um, he was able to get a little grant to help with his income so that was really helpful and he would I'm never so have seen it. I'm so pleased to hear that. Know, that, is, yeah. <laughs> that is, that's exactly what we want. Mm. I mean I was talking to somebody earlier about something completely different just one of the residents um, up in Petrol Bank and as we got talking you know, I kind of found out a bit more about her circumstances. She's got three young kids under five, mm. you know, at home struggling. So she got the number of the helpline. Mm. So I'm hoping that, that you know, she got that sorted. But yeah, I mean, even if you don't qualify, there is other things available as well that you might qualify for. Mm-hmm. As I say, the CAB have got um, a chunk of money to help people with their utility bills. So that heating, lighting, you know, all that kind of thing. So there is help out there. A lot of people don't want to do it. I understand that mm-hmm. because so many people have never been in this position before. They've probably never been, you know, made redundant or had their hours cut. Or mm-hmm. So they're the people that we really want to reach and encourage, you know, that there is help there. Mm-hmm. So pick up the phone to that helpline, go on the website, please. I would hate to think of anybody sitting at home struggling. I mean, there's also all the help with food mm-hmm. because of the there's the normal food bank. There's Community Help who have got uh, an emergency food bank. Also, they've got an affordable food um, scheme where you pay a very small amount of money. At £5, I think it is for a single person. You get £25 worth of good quality food that you've chosen yourself. Um, I think it's £7 for two kids and then £9 for a family. But you get £45 worth of food and Mm -hmm. free fruit and veg. You know, these things are out there. But um, there is a list on the website of all that stuff. So please, people, get the help. <laughs> is there, um, it's the knock-on effect as well. You were talking there about people who maybe been furloughed or had their hours reduced. And you've got all the worry of your finances that come hand in hand with that. The knock-on effect of being unemployed or furloughed on your mental health is huge and I don't think anybody's prepared for it like say if they haven't been in that situation before and me included so I was furloughed last year I lost like this huge sense of purpose was just completely stripped away from me Um, and I've spoken to a few friends who've been in similar situations again who have never found themselves unemployed throughout their lives so far but have struggled in the last few years particularly last year and nothing prepares you for that mentally, the, the effect it has. I don't even think we know what the impact is going to be mm-hmm. because it's going to stretch on for a very, very long time. And yeah, the, that kind of impact that you're talking about, but also people trying to get other jobs because mm-hmm. the competition is going to be absolutely unbelievable compared to how it would have been before. Mm-hmm. We've also got, I mean, Debenhams in Carlisle's closing down. I know that other shops around the county are closing. So the retail trade, I mean, the, the lockdown now anyway, shut down. I can't even see that actually getting back to how it was before. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be all those people looking for jobs. Furlough scheme ends at the end of March. Potentially, there's not jobs for people to go back to. And I just think it's unbelievable how people are going to have to find jobs and the impact on the mental health. I can't even see how we're going to fix things in the short term at all. Is that a worry for you then? It's a, yeah, it's a worry for me. Uh, it's a worry for everybody, mm. I think, especially um, people that I talked about before that haven't experienced that before. Mm. How on earth will they cope with that to go back into that whole merry-go-round of applying for jobs and being rejected? Mm. And, you know, even people as well working from home, I'm sure that's affecting a lot of people. 
Certainly, I don't like sitting around a virtual screen for seven hours a day, you know, five days a week. I could not cope with that. Obviously, because I'm out in the community doing that, it balances out. But yeah, it's it's a worry, I think, for everybody. And I know that at the County Council, we are talking a lot about how we can you know, going forward, it's recovery. We're still in crisis though. And we're trying, you know, to do recovery plans while still being in crisis without knowing what the impact's going to be. So yeah, it is really difficult. Yeah, if only we could be at a stage of thinking about recovery, but like you say, we're, we're just not quite yet, there yet, well, are we? Well, we started to talk about it kind of the end of the summer last year, mm-hmm. thinking, you know, that we, because we'd come out of lockdown and things were slightly better, And then along came a new variant, Mm. which literally spread like wildfire, sent the cases rocketing back up again. We had the um, incident at Christmas, you know, where we thought we were going to get five days, but that just absolutely wasn't possible. Mm -hmm. And it was the right decision to just have that one day. But that's had an impact. I mean, I heard a nurse um, on the television the other day talking about three generations of a family who had been affected and some of them had died all from that one day, Christmas day. And I don't honestly think people still realise the fact that we've got to keep our distance from mm. people and not have crowds and just keep that whole safety thing because the cases are coming down, but they're still very, very high. Yeah. And, you know, the hospitals are still full of people in intensive care. So we've just got to get these things right. Mm. But not everybody um, is adhering to the rules. They're absolutely not. And I think that is an, a, a whole issue in itself. I know people in friendship groups, even in families, in relationships, who are actually falling out, having major fallouts because the opinions on COVID are more extreme than they ever were on Brexit. And that caused enough issues. And we didn't think that would happen. No. I mean, Brexit was the absolute divider, Mm. wasn't it? You're right. And this has, because you've got some people on the one hand who think it's all just a a game and it's been manufactured in some lab in Wuhan and basically it's all this vaccine's all a con. Mm -hmm. Um, And then other people who are obviously taking it, you know, they're really frightened Mm -hmm. and they're worried. Thankfully, we've got a lot of um, people in between who are a lot more balanced um, and and more sensible and can kind of work through the stuff and work out what is right Mm. for them. But yeah, people have just got to um, listen to the advice and the advice still is very, very strong. You know that you stay at home if you can, you make sure you wash your hands, you keep your distance, you wear your mask. All those basic things Mm. are still what is. I mean, the vaccine is absolutely brilliant. Of course it is. And things are going really well. But it's just one thing. Uh, All those other things you've still got to keep in place to make sure that we do, you know, get through this. We touched on um, homeschooling and how many of us are homeschooling and how much we love our little darlings being at home with us. But um, I'm not alone in that one of parents' priorities is very much getting the kids back to school. In discussions you're having, is is that any time soon? Am I putting you on the spot? Um, Not really, because it will be a government decision. It's not a local authority decision. Um, However, I honestly would love to see the kids back at school. But again, you've... We can't. The, the government can't just open the schools and the cases go mm. straight back up again. And honestly, the schools have had trouble since 
in September. I mean, literally within two or three days, there was kids being sent home and other kids had to self-isolate. Mm. And I honestly don't know whether that whole they're in, they're out, they're in, they're out is, is any good either. But um, it will be a national decision, Jenna. And I'm sorry, <laughs> at this time, I don't have any influence on uh, the Prime Minister. Oh, not yet. <laughs> More's the pity. <laughs> if only... That would be a world, wouldn't but, it? But yeah, I mean, they are um, trying hard, you know, mm-hmm. and I think he has said that they're looking around, you know, at March. But um, it's just an impossible situation. Mm-hmm. You just It's a no-win situation for anyone. Um, I mean, there are some kids. I mean, schools have been open, obviously, yeah. the whole time for vulnerable kids and kids of key workers. I mean, as I said, my daughter, she's a nurse and she uh, works two days a week and the kids go into school mm-hmm. those two days. She doesn't have them in any other time. But honestly, I've seen the difference when they've been back at school in their behaviour. Um, they're a lot more tired. Mm. So I, I do, I would love to see the kids get back to school. Yeah. But um, you'll have to ring uh, the Prime Minister okay. on that one. I will. I'll get his number off you after this. <laughs> my two are very different. So my daughter's 11. She's in year seven at Called You. Um, and my son's eight. He's year four at Cumwinton. Um My son, if I'm honest, he absolutely is loving being at home. And I don't so far see any huge effect on him. He's very bright. I think he'll anything that he's missed out on, he'll catch up on. Um, I was joking that possibly his handwriting might need work. And this is probably a real thing that I'm sure schools are on to. But because they're all using digital devices, they're typing. And Isaac was a little bit behind with his handwriting anyways. We joke he's going to be a doctor because there's that age-old thing, isn't there? That doctor's handwriting is horrendous. Apologies (laughs) to all doctors listening. Um, But yeah, apart from his handwriting, I'm not worried about anything. But my daughter's year seven at secondary. She had obviously a really bumpy transition. The end of year six was taken away from her. She started at Called You. Called You have been amazing. The transition, the, the, the well, Paige has been supported perfectly and she's absolutely loved it. Um, but she settled in so brilliantly. She's distraught without a friend. You know, she'd made new friends and that's a key age as well, isn't it? Where they start getting their little independence. You know, she'd started wanting to go and meet her friends for walks on her own. And so she's struggling. If anything, her mental health would be more of a worry than my youngest. Um, yeah, she miss, she misses the social side. Well, I think that year um, is is a key year because obviously they didn't get a transition mm. into the secondary schools, which is a really really big thing. Um, and again, it goes back to that they're at school, they're not at yeah. school. They're at, and I mean, sometimes it's actually even worse. But I think um, it's not just the education, which for a lot of kids are really, really struggling on. And then months Mm. and months, I think the latest was summer six to nine months behind um, in their education. But it's that social thing. It's that, you know, getting, it's the routine. It's just everything. It's even, you know what I mean? Them putting their uniform on, making them have that sense of belonging. It's just so many things that they're just missing out on. But it really is a no-win situation Mm. for these kids. And I just desperately hope that they do get back soon. But yeah, I agree. I think um, for the ones going into reception as well, Mm -hmm. you know, they didn't have really a transition transition from the nursery either I think every school year has had its own problems but I do think that that year was particularly shortchanged because I've seen it in petrol bank school you know they didn't have the things they would normally have um you know the assemblies Mm. and and stuff and all that kind of work with them to get them into the secondary they just didn't have so they were literally like not at school and then all of a sudden they're in the brand new school in September you know without any kind of easing in no it was and, and I think credit to the kids for the way they've 
dealt with it. Honestly, I envy my kids sometimes the way they're so resilient and they've coped with it perfectly and the teachers as well. Um, mm. I mean, what an amazing job they're doing, the pressure they're under. Because like you say, they, the schools are open, they are at school. Yeah, and, and they've been open yeah. even through the first lockdown. I mean, there was hub schools in particular um, the first time, but this time all the schools have been open. And I just think on top of trying to educate the kids, which is their job, they've had to do all the COVID safe stuff, all the risk assessments, mm. you know, all the checking of the kids to make sure, you know, that they haven't got any symptoms, all that stuff, to sort out the lunches. I mean, it's just really been, yeah, it's been um, difficult for them. I think the teachers, um, well, a lot of different, do you know what I mean, um, kind of roles, but the teachers in particular, I think, have done a fabulous job. Because, you know, it's frightening for them as well because Mm -hmm. they're putting themselves at risk. You know, they're coming into contact with kids, you know what I mean, that have symptoms. Mm -hmm. And it's frightening for them because they're going home to their families. So, yeah, it's just... um, It's just been a nightmare for absolutely everybody, hasn't it? I mean, you're talking about people as well in supermarkets. They've been Mm -hmm. at work right the way through, putting themselves at risk. So it's just, um, yeah. It is um, one of the amazing things, isn't it, when you find yourself in time of crisis, whether that's on a global level or whether it's on a smaller community level, how kind of heroes, community heroes always emerge, don't they? And I think that's kind of always brings a little bit of light into any situation. I think we've touched on that a few, you know, even from from Stephen at Petrol Bank and yourself. Um, yeah, I've seen so many volunteers just literally spring up and just give up their time and put themselves at risk as well to help others. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. We've we had a bit of it with the floods because obviously Carlisle um, and Cumbria parts of Cumbria have been flooded. And I did see some of that community spirit then, but nothing like this. Mm. I mean, people have just stood up and helped other people, you know, less fortunate than themselves for no gain, no financial gain, you know, nothing other than that, just wanting to help somebody. And that's been absolutely unbelievable, really. Um, If only we could bottle that and keep it going, you know, forever. But that has been amazing. Do you think it will? Like there is an element where it might, but you know, people who have lived through this and kids who are living through this, that that little bit of hope that that's brought, people might keep hold of that. Hopefully, is that me being optimistic? But hopefully, we won't forget. Well, how I love an optimist. I always <laughs> love an optimist. I think because we're still in it, and it's a long time to go yet. Because really, probably the rest of this year, there'll still be restrictions in place. Mm. It is going to take some time um, before things. I mean, they'll never go back to the way they were. But at least people will have a lot more freedom and be able to do more things. So I think the community groups are going to be around for quite a while mm. yet, um, and I'm sure we can find them something to do. There's got to be something about the recovery, though, that yeah. you know they play a part in because their voices are so important it's the people on the ground Mm -hmm. that are doing the work that I want to particularly listen to more than anybody else because their feedback is absolutely invaluable I mean um, in Carlisle there's a lot of community groups have set up and you know Neil McNulty who's the community development worker he's kept them going Mm -hmm. I mean he does a fortnightly meeting with them listens to all the concerns and addresses those so it has kind of kept on going and I'm really pleased about that but we just need to make sure that they are listened to because that's when people get fed up Mm -hmm. you know they they feel like they're doing all this work and actually well it's not really making a difference or nobody really cares but honestly Mm -hmm. we really really do care and they've just done a remarkable job and it's those people that are the proper true community heroes 
And you don't have to be making a difference to the masses. That's another message I always like to get across is that just helping one person, you, you, whether it's your neighbour, you know, you can you can do that in your community. You can be a community hero on a very small scale and still make a huge difference. And I think that's important for people to remember because people think that they've got to move mountains to make a difference and they don't, do they? No, and I mean, I always think, yeah, we all want to save the world. Mm. When you're in this kind of, mm. you know, um, profession, you want to save the world. But actually, if you just want to save your corner of it, yeah. that's, you know, and other people save their corners of it, it would always be a lot better. Well, if everybody was doing that, you know, yeah. that everybody would have that level of support then, wouldn't they? But I have seen a difference, though. I think the way people have pulled together mm. this time, because this pandemic has affected every single person mm. in lots of different ways you know we've talked about a lot of them today but even people you know that are fairly well off but haven't been able to see their families so they've had that they've maybe had babies born into the family yeah. and not being able to hold them you know people that have passed away and they've not been able to mm. be there you know it's just unbelievable how many different ways that people have been affected so I think it has made people think a lot more about how we can help each other yeah. I've certainly seen a difference I mean some of the help that's been offered you know and the donations and the money as well that the councils have given to it's just been unbelievable I mean I know when we delivered food parcels last year it actually made me cry at how grateful you know people were mm. it was in some ways I didn't want to do it because it was just so upsetting to see how grateful people were just you know that somebody had bothered to mm. go and take them some food so it touches you though doesn't it things and we're probably all a little bit more emotional like um I had a group last week with some ladies that are, um, were taking part in one of my writing workshops. It was just a writing for wellbeing workshop and we, we each done a little piece of writing um, and then just read it out loud to each other. So I'd given them an exercise to do and it was about, I wanted them to write about their person. So they, they could choose whoever that person was. And obviously at the minute, because we're so far away from our people or whether that's someone in our family or one of our friends, and we, we'd all written about, um, it was all, it was, all uh, it was like a sister or a best friend. So it was all about a special lady in our life. It didn't have to be, but it ended up it was. And we all got really emotional reading our things out loud. And I think in normal circumstances, we probably wouldn't have been as emotional, but we're missing missing these people so much now. And to just have that moment of a, um, over a Zoom, like it seems ridiculous. To, you know, if we'd have said about this a year ago, that like I would be sitting crying with strangers over a Zoom talking about somebody I love. It's just insane. But these moments are special now. It's yeah. just, everything's just feels so different and overwhelming. Yeah, and I think that whole missing people, missing your usual stuff, meeting up with people, going, just going off the cuff. I mean, even something as simple as popping to the shops is not simple anymore. Mm. You know, I just used to, usually for a bottle of wine, uh -huh. um, but it used to you just nip to the shop, you know, and you could go in and get a bottle of wine and come back out. You just can't do that now because you've got to remember your mask, you're in a queue, mm. you know, you don't just want to go in the shop for one thing because you don't want to be going out that often and just simple things like meeting up with people for a coffee or just bumping into mm. someone in town and saying oh oh have you got time to go for a coffee all those little things that we took for granted hugs yeah and now it just isn't happening yeah. and I think it does make people more emotional and mm. I think especially when people are struggling with their mental health yeah. as well it's just 
things are so much more um, magnified and, you know, your thought processes are not the same. I think fear as well is coming into people's um, emotions so much more now Mm. than it ever did. We never used to be scared like this. No. Um, The fear thing I've been thinking a lot about as well, um, like you say, in the recovery plan. Have we been locked in for so long now? Are we going to be scared to be let back out? And actually, if you were to ring me tonight and say, Jenna, I've been on the phone to Boris and he said, that's it, restrict- it's all gone, it's disappeared, restrictions are easy, you can go back to normal tomorrow. I think I would have fear. I think that would be my overwhelming emotion would be fear. And I'd be like, what do you mean? Straight away, all of it, everything. I just So I think we have to do baby steps. Oh, absolutely. And we will have to. I mean, I can honestly tell you Boris Johnson would never take my call. So that wouldn't be happening. Um, But absolutely, the restrictions do have to be lifted really, really slowly. Because I think there was something around the summer where, you know, there was a big encouragement to kind of go out and we had the whole eat out, help out. I'm not saying it wasn't a good idea because businesses did need that. But there was a new variant circulating that nobody knew about. It was a new mutation. And when we were locked down in November, nobody could understand why the cases were still rising the way that they were. So I think this time we've got to be really, really much more careful about that's the same thing about schools. You get all the school kids back, the cases just go up and it becomes much, much more difficult to track and trace them. So, yeah, I think it's going to have to be baby steps, definitely. Yeah. Of course, now there's the uh, worry about the South African variant and it's in quite a different, mm-hmm. few different places. And, uh, well, there's a big door knock exercise going on. They're going to try and test 80,000 people. I mean, it isn't here. It's not in Cumbria, but it is as close as Southport. Yeah. So you not just... Not far away at all, no, And I mean, that one again is much more transmissible. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the vaccination program's going great. But, you know, there's a lot of people that are not going to get vaccinated for a very long time. So we do still have to be really careful. It's these mutations are quite worrying because there's no, you know, warning, Mm. obviously, about it. And that one that started in Kent had been circulating for quite some time Mm. before it was recognised in the cases. So we still need to be really, really careful. Very careful. And we get that glimmer of hope of the vaccines and then it's almost kind of overshadowed that a little bit hasn't it and just yeah but we've got to put our focus on the positives the vaccine I mean I'm delighted with the vaccination Mm. program it's going really well in Cumbria Um, we're also introducing um, a lateral flow big testing um, program and people like teachers and police and fire and rescue you know those big organisations they're going to get those lateral flow tests which is designed to uh, pull out the people that with no symptoms that you wouldn't know normally, you know what I mean, we're spreading. So I'm really chuffed, actually, with the stuff that is going on in Cumbria. I mean, our Director of Public Health, I mean, is absolutely brilliant. We're really lucky to have him. Um, Colin Cox, for anybody that doesn't know, but he's um, an absolute legend and he's led the whole crisis in a way that is just um, outstanding, really. Well, that's good to know, isn't it, that you've got trust in him? Um, So I think the best way to wrap it up really and to sum up what we've talked about is to kind of stay home for a start. We need to still have that message of stay at home and stay safe and make sure we're keeping taking care of each other. Um, Keep that glimmer of hope and 
also just huge thanks to everybody that's working on the front line. The NHS, I mean, it goes without saying, they're absolute huge heroes and the the recognition they've got this year, they should have always had it, in my opinion, but um, well-deserved recognition. Our teachers, our hospital cleaners as well. I seen something the other day and I thought, yeah, they haven't, we haven't sang enough about them. We could go on for ages, but yeah, um, just everybody that's working on the front line. Thank you. I couldn't agree with you more, Jenna. Thanks to everybody that's played the part in uh, this whole pandemic. But I'd like to say thank you to you as well for inviting me here today. I've really, really enjoyed talking to you. And as you know, I'm a great fan of I Can Fitness and we can. So uh, keep up the good work because you're actually helping people with these podcasts and all the other work that you guys do. Oh, well, thank you. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. And thanks for that. Um, That means a lot. Thank you very much.